Welcome to No Stage Lights, a podcast where we go behind the smoke and mirrors from everything from marriage to entrepreneurship. I am your host, Janelle Carter. And I am Terry Carter. And welcome to episode 12, everybody. Welcome, guys. How is everybody out there? Hoping you're well, hoping you're well. So today's episode, you know, we might look like uh, we're perfect humans. (laughs) I don't think anybody thinks that. (laughs) (laughs) I really hope everybody knows my humor. But in all seriousness, Terry and I have yet another thing in common that we have shared. We both have had one hell of a medical history mm-hmm. and um, specifically some big things um, that we're going to talk about today. And uh, then lots of little things. I always laugh when one of us ends up in the emergency room or in our doctor. And I think about the people who've never been to a hospital. Yeah, it's I had... Um I had an aunt that didn't never spent a day. Really? Mm-hmm. Other than her. to have her children, obviously. I envy that. Yeah. B- you know, because God bless her. we seem to gravitate towards that darn big red cross, don't Ugh. we? And even in some of our work, you know, we do have um both of us have work history in healthcare. We both dabbled. Uh you more than me. Well, I mean, I worked in it more than you did. I was more in school. Yeah, you were going to nursing school. But we want, I thought, you know, for me, it's like these things happen to you. And just like I was talking about to you the other day, I don't know if you were listening or not. You were kind of falling asleep. But I was saying that things either happen to you. You can look at it that way. They've happened to me, you know, and, oh, I've had all this happen to me. Or you can look at it as it's happened to me and I'm supposed to teach from it or and I'm supposed to learn from it, guide and um, empower, you know, and, and all of these things. So that's what we're doing today. And I wanted to talk a little bit about my big, huge health hiccup. And you had one, too, mm-hmm. you know. And so let's start with you today. Um, what t- Tell the listeners a little bit about what you have gone through. Actually, with with I had some heart issues back in 06 and 07 but um I didn't have a heart attack so I I caught it in time so I'm very fortunate mm-hmm. as far as that I mean I mean most you know a lot of people aren't so lucky they end up having the heart sure. attack sure but you had the angina oh I had yeah I had all the effects which is chest pain for mm-hmm. those of you who aren't sure but jaw shoulder so you had arm. all the symptoms mm-hmm. and I knew to get myself to the hospital and then they took me straight to the cath lab and put uh, stents in. How many? I have a total of three. I had two different incidents. Um, the first one happened in 06. Second one happened in 07. Wow. Back So so here you are. You're in, in 2006. You're having what you're thinking is a heart attack. You go to the hospital. They take you to the cath lab. They tell you you have a blockage. Mm-hmm. With a, Let's just get this out there, too. A huge family history. Yeah. My, my dad... Um, he really went through it. Um, just a, a quick brief on him. It, it, he had a stroke at 28. Jeez, that's so young. And uh, he actually had to learn how to walk again. And then um, he had his first heart attack at 42. And um, from there. That's my age. Yeah. Oh. And then from there, um, he, by the t- before he passed, at the age of 65, he had been through five open heart surgeries. Oh my gosh. Five. So, yeah. And so he you, was fit. He was, yeah. he was fit. I mean, it was just, 
It's all hereditary. So you have this, you know, this, um, this history, this mm-hmm. family history that's quite significant because how many of his siblings? Everyone passed away from a heart attack. There were 10, I think. And uh, everyone but one. Wow. So here you are. It's 2006. How old were you? Uh, oh, my gosh, me, the math. You're going to ask me to do math right now? So you're in 2006. You have all this happen. You go home. You recover. And now 2007 hits, and it's and it's and it happens again. Mm-hmm. Your worst fear, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I'm like, here we go again. Oh my gosh! So how did you know that second time? You just had been through it, knew. Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, it was from growing up as a little boy watching my dad. I knew. I mean, we that was that was like almost normal conversation in our house. I knew what the signs were. I mean, he. He would talk about it, and um, I just knew right away when I started having the tightness under my jaw and the in, in the in the shoulder, and then you know going down mm-hmm. the arm. It was you know there's nothing else really going to cause that. I mean, sure. And I remember he carried a little little brown bottle oh. of nitro in mm-hmm. his pocket. Oh my gosh! And when I was sure. like, he would empty out his pockets at night before he'd get undressed to go to bed and he'd set his change and mm-hmm. he carried a pocket knife and all that stuff. And, and in, amongst all his change was this tiny, tiny little bottle and had nitro in it. And he used to carry with it. Wow. And let me just put this disclaimer out. We are again, not giving any kind of medical advice here. This is just <laughs> no, no solely our experiences and our life in our life experience. So, um, and so you do really great with going and seeing your cardiologist mm-hmm. every year. And um, making sure we've had stress a, tests a handful and things like that. Of ad- admissions over the years where you've had, you know, better better to be safe than sorry, having some, you know, discomfort. And- well, once that fear is in you, any little thing you start to sure. feel that's not normal, you're kind of like, Ooh, well, how long do I let this go before I, <laughs> yeah, you know? And we are very much like better to be safe than sorry. Go check it out. You know, we're not again, we're no stranger to you know, the hospital oh. setting. So it, but in that, with that saying, we don't overreact to just, you know, no, go, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I don't. Well, I, you, you <clears throat> might not. I do. <laughs> Cause we, I think in episode, I don't like going two or three or something. We talked about, about anxiety and how mine is like health driven. My anxiety is like yeah. medical, medically driven. Um, yeah. So here you have this history now, now I, on the other hand, did did not really have a history. I ended up having like in 2011 a very rare form of cancer called parathyroid cancer, and and I'm um I love to talk about it because I like to bring awareness because parathyroid cancer is very different than thyroid cancer. My thyroid was kicking ass. Yeah, it was working great, but the parathyroid. Our little glands that are, um, there's four of them. Yes. And they are on. Each corner of the thyroid. It's like a butterfly. Yeah. And so those little suckers, those little parathyroid glands, they um, control your calcium levels and your kidney function and all kinds of things that you never knew they were in there doing. And so uh, they thought that I had, I had a, um, like a mass mm-hmm. and they went in and biopsied it and they originally diagnosed me with a pretty common form of thyroid cancer. And then they came back and said, nah, I don't think that's it. We think it's this. 
another three percent another form of thyroid cancer so yeah so for me uh i went into surgery at loyola um university hospital so that's in maywood illinois um and going in we thought that i was going to have a full thyroidectomy with a partial parathyroidectomy and that I was going to come out and they were going to treat me with radiation for thyroid cancer. But my surgeon, he knew something was going on. Something was wrong. Something was different. My numbers weren't, and nothing was adding up. And so uh, when he got in there, he did in fact confirm that it was this rare parathyroid cancer. Yeah. Like 3% or one in 3 million or <laughs> And I always talk about how I wanted to be unique. <laughs> it's not exactly what I meant. Right. Um, but I feel like because I'm a singer and my parathyroid tumor was either touching my vocal cord, wrapped around the vocal cord, it was affecting my vocal cord. And you know what's weird is we would play shows up until like before I was diagnosed and do you remember this? I would get that pain in my throat. Like everything would just freeze up. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. I would get like that sharp shooting pain. Um, so here I have the second like issue that I'm a singer and they're going to have to take this out. And, and my biggest fear happened. I couldn't sing at all. Yeah. It took a year. Mm-hmm. And we went to some specialists, some vocal specialists and you want to drive a surgeon crazy have something not go like status quo post-surgery. And I mean, they're so, I think so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Meticulous. Meticulous. Yeah. That if something's like not healing the way it's supposed to, or something's not working the way it's supposed to, it's gonna, it's gonna drive them crazy. And so, you know, we were going up, we were, we were seeing my, my surgeon, we were seeing these specialists. I was taking some like vocal, therapy they're saying they didn't understand that you should be able to sing yeah and i think finally uh, uh one of the specialists said that my vocal cord nerve was frozen was stunned it was scared <laughs> it was stunned and so basically his advice to us was it either comes back or it doesn't you know one or the other and there's no way to tell and there's no way to know how long and there's no way to know how well like if and when. So that was a fun car ride home. <laughs> um, you handle your medical side of things. I mean, you have to take a handful of medication for your heart every day. That medication keeps you alive. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say it, it helps. Yeah. It definitely does help. I mean, it's, well, it does a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keeps mm-hmm. you, keeps you ticking, kid. Yep. yep. Um, and, and, you know, you can hand Terry a root out of the backyard and he'll, <laughs> he'll eat it. And so he doesn't overly think this medicine. He doesn't overly think if the physician tells him to take it, he takes it. I, on the other hand, will research it to death, terrify myself, cry when I take the first dose. I mean, that's just me. Yeah. You are. You definitely want to like, I want to plug your ears when you're talking about side effects. It's like, oh my god! Oh, how about these commercials with the side effects? I know. I'd rather have the issue. <laughs> Some <laughs> of them are like, yeah. 
oh, some of them are just, it's like, are you trying to sell us this medication? Yeah. Or I mean, you know, um, so luckily my voice came back. Luckily mm-hmm. Terry is just been had a, you just had a nice clear checkup. Mm-hmm. Right? Had a workup. Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, we're doing our best to, to keep ourselves healthy and, um, you know, we exercise and yeah. we try to eat right. Could hit the gym a little bit more often than what we are, but uh, yeah. it's, I think that's all part of the timing of the year. You know, we get to blame Christmas and yeah. the holidays on. And you drink plenty of red port, red wine, red grapes, which is good for the yes. heart. Good for your cardiovascular <laughs> system, right? Isn't that right? And dark chocolate. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> and so um, do you feel like that those occurrences changed the way you live your life? Absolutely. Um I used to, I just keep going back to my dad because it's such a, it was obviously a very long time ago, but it's such a strong memory. I used to watch him and from before he, he, he became, from what I remember when he started to get sick, he was, I mean, he was a mountain of a man. He was strong and, and, you know, just healthy and he felt good and he was, Mm -hmm. and then when he started getting sick, I just watched him just kind of unfortunately just become frail Mm. you know and that was really hard to watch and and you're the youngest yeah i'm the by by a lot Mm -hmm. i was an oops well i was an oops but you're the youngest by Mm -hmm. a lot and so yeah i mean i guess and and it there towards the end i was the only one still living at home Mm -hmm. so i i was there for everything i watched Mm -hmm. i watched everything come down and um so, yeah, I mean, watching that, knowing that, and obviously educating myself about it. I mean, it's a serious thing. You got to watch, you know, you got to do the best you can. That's that's really what it is. And and I am by no means saying that I'm, <laughs> I've had it worse than anybody because I know there's a lot. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, both I of us. can't even hold a candle to what, what some folks actually went through and are, mm-hmm. are going through at the time, you know, or now. So, well, but it's just... It's it's all in how you move forward with it, you know. Yeah. Well, that brings me to another point that I um that I would love to talk about, and that's that I I had some pretty serious like what they call survivor's guilt because mm-hmm. I ended up so the type of cancer that I have is not treatable by uh, um, chemo, and it's not treatable by radiation, which can be great. And it can be terrifying because if it spreads, you know, when it's, when it's contained to that parathyroid gland and they can get it out of there and, you know, they, of course they took lymph node and tissue and everything and made sure that it had not, you know, spread or metastasized. But if it does, I don't know how the hell they treat it. Yeah. I mean, so they might have something right now. Who knows? I I mean, yeah. And you know, but I had some pretty serious survivor's guilt because I didn't have to have chemo. I didn't have to have radiation. Now, granted, I lost my gift for a long time, and that was a and that was a rough year. I talk a lot about that in my book, More Than a Country Song. And um, you know, I was not in a great place. No, you know, I mean, 
It was. We bought a dog over it. We did. We bought a dog. <laughs> yeah, we sure did. A therapy. She was like a therapy dog, except that we are like her therapy. She yeah. needs therapy dog. We need to buy our dog a therapy dog. Oh, Bella is so needy. Oh my gosh. But um, yeah. So so. I think there's a fine line between owning your story. Like really, I think somebody finally said to me one day, you know, it's okay that you didn't have to have all of that. It's okay that you didn't lose your hair. It's okay. It's okay to still feel like you were robbed of something. It's okay to feel like you went through something because I hid, I hid that in I, for a long time of being completely fine in public and then just crumbling at home. And I crumbled. That you did. I did. I crumbled. When you can't do the things you were doing before because of a medical diagnosis or an illness, and I know this is going to touch a lot of our listeners out there, it, you know, if you can't do something that defined you, that you loved, and now it feels like it's been stolen from you, robbed, you know, stolen. I hear that those terms a lot when we're talking to, when I'm talking to people who have cancer, breast cancer, all kinds of different, mm. you know, that they feel like they've been robbed of something, that cancer stole something from them. And that is, that's pretty impactful. Yeah, that's big. That's big. You know, um, luckily your health is great mm -hmm. now. My health is great. Mine's, I'm in my 10 year. I just realized that this is 10 years, cancer free, 10 years from my surgery and uh, happy to report that, knock on wood, everybody seems to be doing good. And um, yeah, we're very fortunate. Yes. So anything you want to add? No, no, no. I might, might get some more port. Good, good for the heart that those red grapes. Hey, you know, it's grapes, it's, it's fruit. Uh, well, as always, thank you so much for tuning in to New yes. Stage Lights. Thanks, guys. I am signing out, Janelle Carter. I'm Terry Carter. We will see you real soon. Take care of each other.